What, what a beautiful face to kick off episode number 24. Such, such a handsome man you are. I, I mean, I don't tell you this enough. I used to be. I'm very well aware that you entitled my early birthday card, Burford, um, to represent the way that I look like a boiled egg. So thanks for that. Best friend. That's fine. It's, it's also like if we refer to an episode or two ago, uh, we also kicked off by t- you talking about how much you look like a hobo. So, you know, it's also your, partly your fault. I've neatened up now, though. Yeah, true. You do, look, you do look a little bit less like a hobo, to be fair. Anyway, if you're listening to this, Craig is looking extremely handsome. Um, but did not look handsome when I hit the record button. So there we have it. Um, hello, welcome to another episode, Craig. How are we feeling now? We're 24 episodes in, like in total. How, how are you feeling about our podcast journey so far? I'm feeling like if you've only just stumbled across this podcast, you probably want to go back and watch the other 23, to be honest, because you have missed out so far. And if you've been with us through the journey, uh, I can only imagine your level of excitement to getting stuck into 24. So, um, yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm looking for, I've got a nice holiday coming up uh, in two days' time, going off to, uh, actually, I'm not going to say, in case this goes out before. Will it go out before or after? No, it's going out next week. We're recording this on Friday and you're going on Sunday, your birthday. And, yeah, it won't be released to the masses until uh, Monday, uh, Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Cool. So, we're, yeah, we're going to go to Egypt, uh, five-star, all-inclusive, flying to see the pyramids. And the really cool thing is um, I'm taking my parents uh, and they don't know where they're going and it's a treat for them uh, because they're turning 60 this year. Um, so it's the first time I've been able to take them away on, a, on an amazing holiday. They don't travel much. Uh, they don't treat themselves ever. So um, I'm pumped for them. It's going to be good. Yeah. And what's really nice about this, you and I have actually discussed this at length for a long period of time about how, and this is basically like one of the key things behind what we want to talk about on today's session, uh, is is how we can make a business, build a business that serves us personally. And this was one thing for you to be able to take your parents away for holidays with the family and create experiences. Absolutely, yeah. To do is a quarterly holiday with my family, as in my wife and my kids, uh, and then once a year to be able to do something really special. I know that you and me have got a pretty magical trip planned for next year. Uh, it's going to yeah, be very magical, yeah. It will be magical, um, but for um, yeah, for my uh, for my mum and dad, it's going to be really good. And, and you're exactly right; it is a big theme of today, coincidentally. Um, but it is a very important thing to consider, which is not just getting stuck into the days in and out of lead generation and tracking numbers and actually going well what do i want this business to actually provide for me for my life for my family what opportunities do i want to get so uh yeah looking forward to getting stuck into that today yeah and it's why we we titled this session life as a as a personal trainer beyond fully booked because the first thing um and i'll just i'll list out what we're going to cover in this session so you can um decide that you want to stick around and listen to the whole thing um, as we, we titled this episode Beyond Fully Booked because uh, I think a lot of trainers think that, right, I want to learn how to market and advertise and get clients, learn how to serve them quite well. And once my diary's filled up, that's me done. And we see that quite a lot when, and obviously we, we don't want you guys listening to believe that, that that's where it has to end. There's so much more beyond that. And that's what we want to talk a bit about today. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Before we go there, though, mate, I feel very guilty. I've been talking about me. How about you? How are you? 
I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, slightly challenging time at home. Basically, I was ill two weeks ago and then I got better and then my wife got ill and she got tonsillitis basically. And then when she was getting better, Bella, my daughter, started to get uh, ill and her sleep started to mess up. So when it when it's like one thing after another, obviously just life gets a bit challenging because you're you're balancing shit all the time. Um, and it's been a bit like that the last few weeks. Um, but I'm hopeful that now everyone's feeling better. And so um, we can uh, we can yeah go go through life normally now. And I think we've got uh, a, we've got a few weeks before you and I have got a nice little trip to look forward to. We're going to Spain for three nights for a sort of a, a working. You know when they say is it business or pleasure? Like we're going to go for a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, there we are. You know what I mean? As in, we're going to do some work. We're going to have some fun. But it's the first time we've been able to properly do this. Yeah, for sure. Going back to your point and linking it to today as well. The other thing, when you're going through all of those periods of, let's, in your instance, everybody being ill, the the, the work that we're going to talk about today um, is it's very useful to be able to hold on to that when you're going through those tough times. Because if you don't have um, the vision of where you're trying to take your business, and if you're not clear on what happens beyond fully booked or the aspirations that you might have, then surviving those weeks when everybody's really, really ill can be really painful because you kind of think, oh, what's the fucking point? I'm knackered. I'm going to give it up. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of links to our personal lives and what we're going to talk about today. Very much so. So we've got three topics we're going to explore, and we really hope that this can serve you uh, if you either are on your way to being fully booked and, uh, and have questions about the future and how far you can take this business. Um, but also like if you're there already, maybe you've already, you're already doing 20, 30, 40 sessions a week and you're kind of like, okay, what now? Where do I, where do I go from here? And you, and you want to keep developing both personally and professionally. Um, the first thing is going to be how, how to spend your money and time. I think that it, it's a conversation that doesn't really get spoken about a great deal. And it's, it's probably because it's quite hard. And we actually had a session this morning with three coaches who are beyond fully booked and they, they all found it really hard like to sit down and actually think about how they could do that. Anyway, so we're going to unpack that first. We'll take that on and move to um, the importance of getting out of your business. Um, and we're going to speak, that, speak about that through three lenses. One is location. The other one is people. And the third one is timeframes. So we'll talk about those three things about how we can get you out of the business more, which is uh, one of the key things about um, moving beyond fully booked. And then finally is that the, the lesson that what got you here won't get you there. As in what got you fully booked as a personal trainer won't take you to the next level. We're going to have to begin to think and act in, in different ways if we want to keep progressing. And just to, just an underscore, because you would have heard this a million times over, what that doesn't mean necessarily is that you have to go online. Uh, and that, that's a that's a big thing about uh, what and, we and live the, live the laptop lifestyle. Live the laptop lifestyle. I want a passive income. Okay, tell tell me about that. How does that actually work? Yeah, what a load of horseshit. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> be, be careful that you and I go into a thirty-seven minute rant on on passive income and laptop lifestyles. Um, but maybe that's the topic of another podcast. Um, Craig, talk to me about spending money and time we did a cool exercise with um some coaches recently and that that was one of the in inspirations behind wanting to talk about this today 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one of the first things that you want to define when you when you're laying out your goals, um, and let's not let when we talk about goal setting, let's let's dream a little bit bigger than the next week or the next month or the next year. Sorry, or the next month, and start thinking more about the next year. Is actually defining what is the priority for you. Is the priority to create more free time, or is the is the priority to earn more money, or is it a little bit of both? And that's one of the things that we kind of almost start this project with getting people thinking about what really matters to them. Because if you've been focused on getting fully booked and booking sessions in, it's likely that you've been sacrificing elements of time uh, in order to in order to build up your money. But um, you need to check in with that once you're fully booked and sort of have a little think about what is the next big goal for you personally? Because what I want and what you want and what David wants, they might all be different things. So, um, so that's the first point, right? Is we wanna we wanna work out what's what's the priority? What do we wanna now be working towards? Is it more money or is it more time? Yeah, and what we do because I think that that brings about more questions. And I think for a lot of people, we broke down um, the individuals we did this with into two categories: those that those whose priority it was to get more money, and those whose priority it was to have more time. And it's fine to want both, but actually, it's better if we sequence it because that makes for your business strategy. In other words, like what, what the next project you take on is um, if we're clear on the outcome. And then, but ultimately, like if we then map it out over say a year or two, we can say, well, yeah, maybe we spend six months driving up the income and then we work on getting you some time back. It could be the other way around. That's the beauty. Yeah, 100%. So um, we kind of broke this down into various different categories and started to get people to, to think and project. And I think the really interesting thing is it, Really, when you look at it in black and white, it's a very simple exercise, only it's not that easy to do. It's very simple to look at, but it's not easy to do, to project forward and consider all of this. And I think a lot of the coaches that we've worked with at the level we're coaching them at in this particular program have been so sort of blinkered on. And, and this is the right thing, by the way, for them to get fully booked. They haven't actually started to consider what happens beyond that point and why they're doing it. Like, what is this all about? What is the point? Yeah. And when, so, as soon as you pose the question, and if you're sat here listening or watching us right now, that you are, when you're asked, what do you want? Like, what once, once this business is built, what kind of life do you want? And then I think it gets hard because this is when things like, like deep imposter syndrome surfaces because questions like, well, do I deserve to go on holiday four times a year? Or can, like, what happens if you did have a whole day off? Like, well, what would I do? It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you better go and answer that question so that you've got more, more to like more color and more flavor to your life. And this was, uh, you know, advice that we've been given, and we're actively working on ourselves. Again, wh when we ever jump on this podcast, a lot of this is not. We we, we don't want this thing to be. Uh, we're just going to come and tell you what to do. A lot of this is stuff that we're we've done or we're doing ourselves, and we we want to share because it, you know, we found value in it. And one of the things that we're personally doing is as, as Velocity, our, our company grows and our work grows and the more coaches we get to impact is that we have to look outside of the business and ask ourselves, how do we have to develop as people to become the type of individuals that can lead 200, 500 or 1,000 coaches to a better future? Just like the trainers we're talking to and who we're talking to now, who do you have to become? How do you have to enrich your life so that other so that more people will look up to you as the person they want to follow and so in, in effect you become a better leader yeah 100 percent. and so the um 
the event that that we did recently where we asked all of these questions was actually one of our first ever live events where we actually physically got to meet um some coaches that previously we'd only seen in pixel form yeah uh, so good it was an amazing day really good we presented them with with a couple of things for achieving a certain a certain level within velocity um some people were f- like really tall so much taller <laughs> than i thought they were going to be i was really shocked by that yeah um, harry harry was very tall <laughs> um, yeah just really great to meet people and and like most of our business is done um virtually 99.5% of it probably is done virtually and we work with coaches all over the world but it was amazing to um to actually like meet these people and, and share a day with them in uh, in Velocity HQ in Reading in the UK, um, and that kind of brings us nicely onto our next our next piece, which is about getting out of the business, changing locations, changing the type of people that you're conversing with, um, and, and the power that that can bring to this level of thinking. Once you're at this level of I'm fully booked, actually getting away from the environment and starting to think a little bit more clearly about the next month, the next year, and how that change of scenery or people can be uh, so powerful to help sort of uh, give you the trajectory to the next step. Because you you hear a lot, like I'm sure that many people have heard the phrase that you're a product of your environment and that you're, you're an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so when you analyze that and you say, well, I spend probably most of the time on my own well, let's say on my own or with my clients as a client base in either my gym or my studio, right? So I think we break those down. If you're in your gym, and, and one of the topics of conversations that came up yesterday, mate, was this idea that a lot of trainers in their gym aren't as ambitious and forward-thinking and and invested in their own business as they are. So it's very hard to find someone that's actually talking either at least at your level or even beyond it that you can be inspired by. And so this is like, obviously we're talking about people and location, but almost as you gel the two together, that's if you're in a gym, like I I think probably if you're listening to this, you're probably in that category I described and that you're pushing, you're ambitious, you want to learn, you want to grow. And if you don't have those people around you, it's, it's hard to stay in the right headspace for long enough to really create a change. And then on the other side, um, and I'll come back to you on the gym side, because you've obviously got a hell of a lot of experience in gyms, whereas I was more the studio route. Is, but if you're in the studio, it's probably very lonely. There's actually no one to talk to. And you've only got your clients who ultimately are there for you. They need you. They're not necessarily there. I mean, you shouldn't really be talking to them about business a whole a whole heap. So maybe you have no one. And how does that create any form of feedback or challenge or support um, if actually you're in solitude for a lot of the week, like, effectively? Mm-hmm. So what what about, like, for you, like, your journey? Because you you – you spent a lot of you any time fitness and there weren't many trainers around, certainly not the level you were at. right? No, I mean, it was uh, the, the experience for me and I, I did, I won't go into it too much, but I was, I did pretty well as a coach was that people would come in to the gym and within a month they would leave again. Um, and of the coaches that survived, let's say, um, yeah, they, they, it was clear to see that personal training for them wasn't taken as a business it was a it was a job and it was a job that they had that they would maybe do for a year or two see how it goes uh, and then inevitably drop away and go into something else and that kind of marries up fairly accurately with the fact that we know that 90 percent of personal trainers don't really survive past their first year 
But then you've got these other coaches, like the coaches that we train, like you that's listening to this now, that's ambitious and they want to do something with their with their job and turn it into a business and turn it into a career and provide the life for themselves, for their family uh, that they've always craved. And I was very much in that category. I was, I was always ambitious. I always knew that it was going to be a big career for me. And, you know, it served very many years and gave me lots of amazing uh, things and times and experiences. But yeah, I, I kind of, I used to want to get away from the other trainers in the gym because they were a distraction. They wanted to show me a, a YouTube video or they wanted to see how many pull-ups, you know, we could do in five minutes. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I need to get these emails off actually. Or, um, you know, I want to, I want, I want to get this program just right for the next person, or I've got a consultation coming and I want to read through their notes and make sure I get this right. Mm-hmm. And they never really understood that. Um, so I used to do a lot. I, used to, I said, I think I said this yesterday. I used to go and eat my lunch in my car yeah. because I just wouldn't be bothered. Even the gym manager, the gym manager would come up to me and ask me questions about my business and try to offer me bits of advice and all of that. And I didn't want to hear it because I was just on a different wavelength to him. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I actually, I sought isolation because I didn't have anybody else on the same page as me, which is probably why we ended up working together and conversing as much as we did, Dave, because although you were in a different part of the country, you were really the guy that I would bounce ideas off of and share things with because we were both ambitious. But I mean, out of the, I don't know, 50, 60 trainers that I ever worked in or around, didn't really find that many of them that were on the same page in terms of their ambition and their understanding that this is a business. Like you've got to be a business owner and a personal trainer. You can't have one without the other and expect to survive. Mm-hmm. And similarly, you would do all that. And then they would ask you the question, why is why are you so busy or how are you charging that? Or somebody told me the other day that you're running this thing. How have you got that off the ground? They wouldn't join the dots. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and that I think a lot of people in commercial gyms would, would resonate with if they are of that mindset and that's the path they want to take. And if they don't, they probably wouldn't listen to this podcast to be fair, to be honest, or watching us now. And I think on, there's another little thing that jumps, jumps into my head listening to you there that um, there's another spin off here, which is, Again, probably more my experiences of studio is that you spend a lot of time on your own, not engaging. I mean, you didn't anyway by by definition. But the risk there is that you end up in your own little bubble and you don't you sort of hide hide away because actually it's it's easy to go to the studio, do your sessions, and then come back home and live your life. And you end up just in this kind of hamster wheel where you're working, you're running, you're kind of working through your your sessions, and you have a pretty set week. But the business isn't going anywhere, and you might feel you might feel fairly fairly satisfied. It might be kind of okay, yeah, it's all right. Clients are good, money's okay. Like it's all quite vanilla. Uh, and I think when people recognise that, they're wondering: is there is there anything more to this? Like anything beyond this point of me being fully booked or having the clients I have? And of, and of course, we're here to say the answer is yes if you want it. Um, but this point was about if you want that, you're going to need to change your environment. You're going to need to get out of that gym and studio. I'm not saying change facility necessarily, but find other trainers that you can speak to, find new places that you can go so that you can interact with like-minded professionals where ambition and challenge and accountability are the norm rather than fucking around on TikTok and just talking about meal prep all the time. You know, actually let, let's let's develop ourselves as people and, and our business. Um, so that we can do more, be more, make more, and impact more. Yeah, I love the the key thing that you um, that you were talking about there. The three is is like is the norm. 
Like you want to be in an environment where pushing yourself to achieve something special is the norm. That's the standard. And that's what we find within our community and certainly what we found yesterday. And it was amazing to hear, you know, certain people talking about their experience and their stories and the, and the, the buzz. I think there was, a, there was a message on the group afterwards by someone that said, today really lit a fire within me. And that's kind of, that's what that stuff does. You know, getting out, of, that wasn't us, that wasn't our mentorship, I doubt. Uh, <laughs> but um, but it was, it was the location, it was getting, getting out of the norm and going into a space where people were ambitious, they were pushing each other, they were encouraging each other. They were saying things like, well, why couldn't that be me? Rather than I can't do that. And opening their eyes up to things that are happening. Like you said, Dave, stuck in your studio, making, I don't know, 5K a month or whatever it is and being relatively comfortable. If you're one of the top earners in that area, you're going to think that that's great. But actually take you out of that scenario and dump you into a place where everybody's making 20K a month. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, I've got to up my game here. So, yeah, absolutely. I think changing that location, changing the people you're with, changing the environment will change the way that you think about your business and what's possible, what, what you're capable of as a as a human being. Mm. And that, that idea, I think people that the saying of from big fish in a small pond to small fish in a big pond is the idea that we're going for here. And when you when you remember that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, if those five people are your your client based collective. And then four other trainers who are just sort of average, just getting by, whinging about the gym, not really doing much outreach, not really challenging themselves. Like, if is that your is that the average you're you're, you're a part of? Like, you're dragging the average up, or in other words, you're being you're being pulled down, or at least being stopped from moving forward. So we we encourage you to consider how you might be able to do that, um, and uh, would would strongly um, uh, strongly encourage you. And remind you that 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 is the right direction for you to be moving in. It's only going to do you and your business a, a world of good. Yeah, and that kind of leads us on to the last point quite nicely, right? Which is yeah. um, this idea of what got you here won't get you there. And so let's just elaborate on that for a second. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this and you are currently fully booked, or let's let's pluck a number out of the air. Let's say you're making, I don't know, uh, £4,000 per month in in revenue the things the activities the way the formulas that you use to get you to that level isn't necessarily going to be a case of just keeping going with that that's going to get you to 7k 10k whatever whatever the whatever the number is your the way that you think about your business the way that you think about your clients the way that you think about your time the way that you think about yourself the strategies that you use all of that will need to evolve if you want your business to evolve with it. As long as like you want to keep the balance between time and money, because there comes a point where you can't just keep taking clients on. What are you going to do like 80 sessions a week, 90 sessions a week? Of course not. And this is what online coaching mentors often kind of use against face-to-face -face coaching, which is like, Oh, there's a ceiling on it. You can't go any higher. You've got to go online. And we, daily call bullshit on that because that's simply not the case no not at all you don't need to become a digital marketer and sit behind your laptop and work for eight nine hours a day to get likes and comments and follows which is much more realistic than suggesting passive income 
and I'm, I'm not sort of poo-pooing online. If online is your thing, that's great. But the point here is you don't have to do that. That's not the, the, the next thing. You just have to change the way you think. You have to reconsider the model, reconsider what you're doing with your time, how you're thinking about your career, and you will not believe the possibilities that you have as a face-to-face -face coach if you can do that. The thing that you're probably told, you've heard before, is that you should stop trading your time for money. And this phrase is only in part true. And I think people get people can leap, leap to conclusions about what this means, which is, oh, personal training is swapping my time for money. Therefore, I need to stop this and do something different. Now, that's not strictly true, because actually what we really need to do is we need to increase the value of our time. Yeah. And so either if, if we do that and yes, we can get to how later, but if we can increase the value of our time, as in like the impact I can have per unit of time that I spend working then I will be able to either earn more money or work less. That's fundamentally what we're doing. And then there's this big leap, as you said, mate, where it's like, oh, so in, in order to do that, I've got to go online because I can leverage my, my, um, my stuff through media and, and the internet, which is obviously, again, true, but only in part true. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden face-to-face -face is dead and it's only for the, the lowest rung of trainers on the ladder of, of this industry. It's, it's bullshit. Quick, just quick interjection there. Go and speak to a successful online coach and ask them to tell you where their passive income is. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. exist. Those guys are working hard. Like, don't take it away from them. Yeah. Successful online coaches are trading their time for money. They are doing that. They're just doing it in a different way. They're mm. not working with people on the gym floor coaching them, but they're working their asses off. You know, if they're going, if if they're going on holiday but still building their business. They're sat in a different country working their asses off. They're still doing that. And you can do that as a face-to-face -face coach. In fact, I would argue as a face-to-face -face coach, you can go on holiday and just have a holiday and not lose out financially at all. And that's something that we show our coaches how to do. But it's about this level of thinking that's super important. Yeah. And, and coming back to the, this idea that what got you here won't get you there, it is true that we have to change the way we think about time and money and our work and our business and how we impact our clients. Yes, 100% true. Um, but what's not true is that we make um, profound leaps of, of, like, of assumptions that just simply aren't true. Because if you love working face-to-face -face and, you, and you want to still work with humans in person, you can still do that and earn five figures a month. We did it. We're, we're showing others how to do it right now, and they are doing it. Like, believe me, it's happening. And so we, we, we do want to challenge you in a really positive and encouraging way to, to realize that actually if we change the way we think about how we do business and who we are and the value of what we do, um, and then we add a little bit of business strategy to that, it's amazing what you can accomplish and still not sacrifice your, in, your inner values. Mm. It's amazing how many coaches that are really, really good at working with people face-to-face they yeah. don't have a fucking clue what they're doing online. They've got no, like, they don't know how to generate traffic. They don't know how to build engagement online. They're not digital marketers, yet they still go online. And it, and it doesn't work. And it's just such a, and I'm not like calling people out or having a go at me. I'm just saying it's such a shame. Such a shame that people feel like that is the only logical step. And so it's amazing when we get to get together with these people and show them the other side of the coin and experience some of the wins that we're, we're seeing them have at the moment, 
mm. and open their eyes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just know that that's not the next step necessarily. It might be. Going online might be exactly the right thing for you, but it's not the only option. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that was interesting. Even more interesting than that, though. Fact of the day. Uh, and yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to throw across to you, first of all, because um, I know you were rehearsing this one. Uh, to make well, sure yeah, like, so I no heard pressure. No pressure. No, no pressure. I heard this on a Joe Rogan podcast, and I, I've had to go to Google to, to give an actual number to what I'm about to explain, but I found it, I find it fascinating, and I'm sure there's someone out there will too. And it's the percentage of the oceans that we've actually explored. That we, we I, I think we kind of assume we take for granted that we've got, you know, the a high majority of the earth is, is water, shitloads of oceans. We've only explored, and it depends on what article, where you go, but it's between five and 10% of the ocean. And that, that's the kind of the headline that, that 90 to 95% of these oceans we have not explored. We don't know what's there. And then, of course, that brings up this idea that, well, what, what might be there? What species have we not? The Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Mate, like, you never, you don't know. Because if you haven't explored it, how can you rule it out? Yeah. And so it's fascinating to me. There's this, there's this awful film, right, that came <laughs> out. I know you're not a film person, but called The Meg. I think it's called The Meg with Jason Statham about this like um, prehistoric massive shark, right? This like puts great white sharks to shame and it's this huge great monster of a, of a shark. And they kind of discover this in the depths of the ocean that no one's ever explored before. And they brought a fucking second, I don't know how they justified a second movie because it is, the idea of it is just fucking ridiculous. But like the principle of it actually is relatively true against the, the numbers that like, I don't know, like what does exist in that 90 to 95% of the oceans that we haven't explored yet? Like, this, again, the space thing. We haven't explored space, so how do we know what's out there? The Meg just made me think of this footballer that goes on an unbelievable nutmeg compilation over a period. <laughs> that's, that's a different thing. That's my um, fact of the, the week. I think I'll, I'll hand it to you. It beats the uh, the Eiffel Tower one that you say every other week. So um... yeah, well, listen. I mean, I'm on a self development journey, and I'm here to improve the provision uh, and sharing of facts that we have on this podcast. You've done very well. Um, so my fact is 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 five five words. Um, it's five words, but it actually links to one of my favorite lessons that we talk about at Velocity. There we go. So the fact is, and it is quite fascinating, and you might have already known it. Lemons float, but limes sink. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to try that now you said it. Number one, I just feel like that's odd because they're very similar other than colour. So um, yeah. it just goes to show. Uh, but number two, it, it just reminded me of one of our big lessons in the Velocity Mindset series, which is called Squeeze the Lemon. And it's this idea that if you're going to promote something or you're going to do something, like do it, do it properly. We see so many people sort of dip their toe in the water towards getting their name out there or generating leads or delivering something of some nature and they don't really give it their all. And it was this idea of like squeezing a bit of lemon and then throwing the rest away when there's a load of juice left in there. So like, now get the lemon and squeeze it for every single drop that you've got. So it just reminded me of that. So yeah, lemons float, but lime sink. So there you go. Very nice. That's a nice bit of wrap up episode 24. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I hope that you, the listener, the watcher has enjoyed this and have uh, enjoyed exploring what life for you might look like beyond fully booked. Uh, until next time, have a great time in Egypt and have a great birthday, my friend. Cheers, buddy. Um, don't watch the Meg. See you later, team. <laughs>